you live from COVID HQ. Yes, we're self-isolating, everyone. Hello. Hello. Our daughter has COVID. So yep. We're all... She got it and no one around her got it. None of her friends, none of us. We've all... Te- well, we have been vaccinated, so it could be... Yeah. Because her, fa- her, her sister hasn't got it. She has the same bedroom as her. Yet. Yeah, yet. Yet. Uh, he says optimistically, but all her friends have to self-isolate, same as us. I know. And they all miss their last day of high school. Yeah, no, she was crying. She is patient zero. Yeah. Well, she might not be because she said since yesterday she's found out that other people have had it that were in a couple of classes with her. So. Oh. You're listening to Beampod, the Marillion podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't guess, we're all about the big M. Yes, I was confused. Not McDonald's, Meridian. Yes. Um, so, talking of Meridian podcasts, I don't know if you know this, but there's another one out there. <gasps> what? You mean we're not the only ones? No, no. And we're not the only one that... I'm going to start oh my that goodness. sentence again. I'm going to start that <laughs> well, sentence again. Well, I've never seen you so tongue-tied. But we are the only one that hasn't featured in this month's edition of the Web magazine. <laughs> we can't compete. It's fair enough. We can't compete with the lead singer of Meridian. Exactly. Really. But we do have one of the members of that other Meridian podcast, the Corona Diaries. The original Meridian podcast. The original Meridian podcast, yes, on our show today. Oh, <gasps> exciting. You, you, you gasped then like you didn't know. Yeah, it's for dramatic emphasis. Imagine, imagine if I'd lined it up so that he came in at that point. And I was like, <gasps> get out. We've we've got a COVID person Very in this Very nice isolation. Out, get out, Ant. So yes, I'm talking about Ant Short, uh, who is, I suppose, the originator of the Corona Diaries. If you haven't listened to the Corona Diaries, I implore you to do so. We've, as as Ant and I discuss, although I can't remember whether it was something we discussed off mic, uh, we've both, both podcasts have sort of reached this kind of nice equilibrium where we're sort of complementing yeah, each time, other. Yeah, timeline-wise. Yeah, it's really strange. We're sort of, you yeah. know, they seem to be covering H's side of the albums just after we've talked about them. Yeah, it's it, and I'm glad it's after we've talked about them because then I can listen to it without... Yes. Feeling like I'm going to be influenced, but it it adds, it's it pads out the story. It adds the finer details. No, it adds it out, strings it out a bit. No, it adds the finer details to the story. Yes, uh, brings it more to life. Yeah, when H remembers stuff, most of the time he has to have had there to jog his memory. Well, what, fair enough. I mean, he's albums. lived quite an eventful life. There's a lot to remember. Yeah, to say the least. So it's, yeah, I love the Corona Diaries. It's genuinely a riot to listen to. Um, and anyone who, who hasn't yet, go and do so. Because I think, I, I love that there are two simultaneously, but we're both quite different. Both quite different. We're quite different from one another. I think you can say both quite different. Can you? I think uh, so. Send us an email about it. Right, we'll um, we'll shut up now and uh, over to well, me and Anne. What I will... I'll shut up. Huh? And you, I'll shut up, and you'll keep talking. Yes, uh, well, I won't keep talking. This was this is recorded after I've spoken to Anne. 
this bit. Oh, oh, this, this oh, bit. right. Yeah. <laughs> so I will shut up. Otherwise, you're going to get me kind of just giving a director's a commentary. commentary. <laughs> Talking over him. This is what I was thinking yeah. at the moment. So, um, yes. We'll go now. Goodbye. Uh, here comes me talking to uh, the brilliant Ant Short, and we'll catch you at the end for a bit of an update. Okie dokie. So, well, Ant, thank you very much for being here. It's oh, a, pleasure. a big, yeah, pleasure for us, big time. So let's, uh, well, let's just before we get into TCD, let's just talk Marillion. What's your Marillion story? When did you first hear them? When did you become a fan? Why did you become a fan? Um, well, I don't know if you get any choice in the matter. If I'm if I'm being honest with Marillion, yes, um, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that democratic. Um, but like everybody, like everybody, I became aware of Marillion probably with Kaylee. Um, and so, because wherever you were that summer, you couldn't escape that song, um, and you couldn't escape Lavender, but you absolutely couldn't escape Kaylee. And then of course, we're in a time where the other big phenomena was, was compilation, um, sort of albums and tapes. So this thing was on, you know, it'd it'd be on the Now tape and it'd be on the Hits tape, but it had also, things like soft metal or soft metal ballads or whatever it was all this stuff was coming out and being being at that point in time sort of you know 14 then you bought you probably bought more compilation tapes than you actually bought um albums um so it's on it's on any number of things that i'm hearing it's being played left right and center i'm i'm you know when i'm doing me fingers on the record button on the chart show on a sunday afternoon so there was no escaping that particular that particular song, and I didn't really give it an enormous amount of thought. And then a couple of years later, um, I picked up the Thieving Magpie in Woolworths, uh, of all places, and um, on the back of the fact that uh, I, I just knew those two songs, uh, so I didn't buy Misplaced, and I didn't buy Clutching. So um, it was probably around about about then. And um, I started listening to, and it, it, it chimed in, in, in terms of my age. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of um, probably 17 at that point in time, 16, 17 at that point in time, um, going through all the normal things that a teenager goes through. And, 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 and you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit creative. I'm a little bit arty. And I'm very into taking myself seriously. So Misplaced Childhood lyrically really just, hit home so I used to I used to I, I put it on a cassette and I used to go and walk I'd go out for long walks on my own and I'd, and I'd maybe listen to, to to effectively the live version of, of of Misplaced a couple of times over on the course of a on the course of a walk sort of you know feeling like nobody understood me and I was you know somehow um this this tortured soul in the same way that we all do when we sort of oh know, yes that, that age oh yes um and and then um, from there, um, I and I think it, it, I carried on doing it because what happened was it was it was probably a bit later. It was probably more like seventeen, eighteen. And what happened was I didn't get into university. I didn't get into my first choice of university. So I ended up having a period of time when I took a job for a year. I took a year out between university and uh, between school and university, and um, and so I was kind of at home on my own. All my mates had disappeared. 
Um, so I was doing these these long kind of, you know, tortured walks, listening to things like that. But at the same time, I got a job in a place called Workshop and stumbled upon the, the first single from Season's End. So the bizarre thing for me is I kind of got the two things almost at the same time. Um, right. And ended up discovering the both sides of Marie end up going almost going backwards and forwards at the same time so in my first year at university I did that I did the back catalogue and I did everything um everything sort of I, I moved backwards from from thieving magpie and yeah. did everything in between at the same time um totally immersed in in what was happening with the band with you know with season's end um and went in those two directions um and to be honest uh, as most people probably do you know i like i like clutching i like the i do like the live version of, of misplaced more than the studio version yeah yeah and 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 i very quickly moved past the first two albums i i did i was i i never lived through the genesis thing i i missed all of that in the early 80s i was doing pop and and, and light rock i wasn't doing all the other stuff so yeah. The, the the fish stuff never really grabbed me as uh, in the same way, and I ended up then just doing the moving forward journey. So I did the H journey with an appreciation of the back catalogue rather than having lived through the the, the back catalogue and having to having to sort of adapt to a new singer. So so for me, the new singer thing didn't really it didn't it wasn't a thing because yeah. I, I I'd know at that point I'd I'd built up you know no kind of loyalty or i'd not invested in the band enough to to be having to make that kind of make that kind of judgment yeah which so, makes you the perfect person for corona diaries really, doesn't it you're, yeah you haven't got that history no but, um, no and i don't I, I i see them as five i see them as the five people they are now yeah with the with with the guy who used to be the singer rather than the five people and then some form of kerfuffle, and then a new guy. Yeah. Um, so, so in that respect, yeah, you're right. It makes it it makes it far easier for me. Um, and I never really, I never really got the makeup thing, and I never got, I never, I never got, you know, um, some of the other bits that went, went, you know, went with it. But I loved the white shirt with the with the snowflake on it. And I and I and I I loved the you know the uh, the sort of all the stuff that H was wearing, and 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 his look I was far more enamoured with than 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 kind of the the fish era look. It's so, interesting, is it? Because I think you and I are similar sort of ages, but I got into them slightly younger. So I think when I was fourteen, which is when I discovered them, I thought, oh, cool, face paint. But I think if that had come along when I was sort of seventeen or eighteen, I'd have thought it was the most hysterical thing I'd ever seen. And yeah. so by that age, yeah, it was like, oh, H, cool. Finally, I've got a cool singer in my band that um that it's okay to like. Yeah, and, and he was he was cool for me in a way that Fish just just wasn't. Um, so, you know, I just, I just bought into that, into that whole thing. And as I say, the whole big white shirt and, and the weight and, you know, the the whole is needing sort of around that time, the, you know, the waistcoat and, uh, and, and that, that, that kind of multicolored coat thing. I mean, I had a coat quite like that when I was at university. Oh yes. (laughs) You know, so, so there was a, um, there was definitely a bit, a bit of hate hero worship going on. There was absolutely no doubt, um, you know, no doubt about about that 
Um, because I think the look just spoke to me far more. Whereas, yeah. whereas everything else, I mean, I put in a good amount of time. I didn't, I didn't dismiss the early stuff. I, you know, I, it's not that I don't know it and, and I don't, you know, I haven't listened to it on, on many occasions. It, it's just, I would, you know, I very quickly didn't go back to it. And, 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 and actually, if I'm being honest, I think the only the only Fisher album I would probably listen to would be Clutching, if I'm being perfectly honest. Right. Um, yeah, I suppose it's closest to what came next, I guess, uh, out of those four albums. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think there's there's any doubt, and I think it's it's also interesting that um, okay, you take something like Market Square Heroes, and and you know clearly you know um, or, or or Garden Party, and I can see why you know I can see why that is something that still is performed relatively regularly, but um, you can also see why things like Slange and Sugarmice are the ones that are, are, you know are most often done because they they dovetail into the into the you know into the the hback catalog far far easier for me yeah uh, i mean sugar mice is just a great is just a great song i mean to be fair kaylee's just a perfect three and a half minute pop song yeah just absolutely is. yeah yeah um so before we get on to the the podcast itself you had some dealings with the band if through your day job, am I right in yeah. thinking that? Yeah, so so for about you know, 13, 14 years I worked for a, a um a company called Shure, S-H-U-R-E, and they're a microphone manufacturer. Yeah. And um the band were using um or H was using Shure product. Uh, I always use Shure products, always use B to 58. Um and um I happened to be in Aylesbury and I dropped an email to the guy who was managing, kind of managing the, I guess, the racket at that point in time, was a guy called Roderick Brunton. And oh, yep, yep. I dropped Roderick, because he was the only email address I could find, and I dropped him a note just to say, look, I, can't, I kind of work in the trade, I'm a big fan, I'm staying locally, it'd be lovely just to pop in, say hello, and to use my phrase, see where the magic happens. Yeah. Not thinking I'd get any kind of response. And... Um, and I got a note back, and I popped along and had a cup of had a cup of tea with with Roderick and and saw Racket. None of the none none of the band were around that that day, I don't think. But had it had a chat with him, and we struck up a friendship. And it turns out that Roderick was also front of house, right at that yeah. point in time. So this is pre Phil doing front of house. Um, so we got talking, and then for whatever reason, um. He they had a, they had a requirement and suddenly they had a contact at Shaw. So I I fielded a couple of, of calls from um, from from Rod and helped with a couple of relatively easy minor little things to you know I mean there's always upkeep when you're a band on the road there's always bits of things that need sorting you need a new grill you need to replace this or you need something on I think we you know we sorted out a kick drum mic and then we sorted out something else so we um, I got involved in an odd couple of things and from that got an invite to a gig and you know um had a, had a kind of a technical relationship with Rod first that then spread out so one day the phone the phone went and I picked the phone up and it was Rothers and he right. was asking me about one of the other product lines that we distributed because he had a you know he had a question about um, something else that we did and we did a number of brands that the band were interested we had a, we had a, a, a whole load of pro end you know um or sort of live um 
products that he was he was kind of interested in. And and it kind of all blossomed from there to the point where uh, I remember going back to you know to Rod and saying, look, I think. I think H would really benefit from this new mic that we've got out. Uh, I think it'd really suit his really suit his voice, and that's how we got onto the mic that um, he currently uses, which is something called a KSM9. Oh, so okay. it 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 was probably there's probably seven eight years worth of that in the background, and then of course, what happens is you start to go to more gigs and you start to appear backstage more times, and you start you you kind of it's almost like a little it's a little thing that you go through where the first thing is you'll get into you you'll get into a gig and then before you know it you go into a gig but somebody instead of handing you a, a kind of a ticket somebody hands you a pass right and then before you know it they hand you a all areas pass and of course what you know you you start to so it, and you know, the, the relationship transition from knowing rod to knowing the band to know it and i helped mike out with the, the odd couple of things and then got to know uh, Frenchie. And then once you know Frenchie, you know, I think if you, once you know Frenchie and Lucy, I think that's it, you're in. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you know, you just, to a certain extent, you... So you just... And, and, and H said it, the same thing to me. In fact, a couple of the band have said it. There comes a point where you go from being somebody that's in the front to somebody who's in the back. Yeah. And that's just the point where people are used to seeing you around, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's where it, it it kind of it kind of got to that stage. So I was just fairly used. I used to go to Manchester all the time when they were here. You know, I saw I saw the band in a few years ago. I saw the band in um, uh, Stuttgart. I happened to be right. in Shaw's European headquarters is in Germany, and uh, and it was in between Frankfurt and Stuttgart, and they were in Stuttgart. So I just I just messaged French and said, "Look, I'm I'm about," and of course that's quite unusual. So when they're in Europe, they wouldn't you know they. You get used to seeing quite a lot of people when you're in the UK gigs. So, like, if you go to Manchester, Aziz is invariably there, and there's a few other people you get used to seeing. Yeah, yeah, uh, Phil yeah. Beaumont, um, you know, from Oswestry, uh, is, is often there, and there's a few others. You, you get used to seeing the same faces. Uh, but, of course, when they're in Europe, it doesn't happen quite as much, unless there's a fan club thing going on at that particular venue. So I remember seeing them in Stuttgart, and and, and that was, I was the only guy there. I was the only guy backstage there. So, so right. you know, I think Pete and... Pete and, and H and I just sat in the in the back room for like an hour and a half, just literally bitching about Brexit. Right, um, right, right. You know, and 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 that. So yeah, but it's yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's it's it just it kind of happened accidentally over a long period of time. Yeah, and and so, you know, if you're at a brand that they use, then every six months there'll be a question or there'll be a, can you help us with this? It's, yeah. It's well, funny enough, happen. I was watching the latest YouTube video, and Ian was talking about you know all the various deals he's had with with drum companies over the years, and so I guess it's about building that relationship and trust over time, and for them to become you know kind of know you're not a Mooney. Yeah, yeah, word. they they work it out quite quickly. I mean, um, you know, the, there's a there's certainly a few people I know in the industry who I. I've seen at Marillion events or I've seen at Racket who, and you get to know the people in the industry that like the band and support the band. Um, and, um, and, and like you say that they're as a band, they're very well aware of who does what they, they know that side of the industry. They know, you know, they know where to get. It's not like, I imagine if you hit a a sense of superstardom or or a stage of superstardom, you lose all touch with reality. 
Yes. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, clearly that's not the case. They know exactly who does what, where, where most gear comes from. They're in touch with a lot of, of, of individual people. Rothers is very well connected to the, you know, the guitar community. And I think that's, that's just something they've always done. They've always uh, kept close. And, and to be fair, that's why if you look through the credits on the albums... You'll you'll see a lot of the same names appear up, and a lot of the you know a lot of the brands that are very supportive of them. Of course, have, yeah. have been around for a long a long time. But the, but that is personal relationships. That's not somebody on behalf of. That is absolutely you know the band who who maintain those. So was there a, a sort of intermediate stage before you got to Corona Diaries? Had you dabbled in podcasts before then? I mean, I know you do um, your guitar one. Sorry, the name of it's escaped me. What's it uh, 942. 942 and uh, Therapy for Me. Did they predate both of those? Predate? Yeah, I'll tell you the first thing. The first, my per- first venture into a podcast was actually talking to H. Right. So Shaw, Shaw had a, um, um, a, a podcast um, and um, I said um, to the guy in the UK who was organising I said, look, there's a... I mean, they all, they all, everybody Sean knew I was a Marillion fan. It was a bit, it was, it was one of those kind of open um, sort of, sort of things. I got mercilessly ribbed for it, but we all know what that's like. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, so we had this podcast. It had just been launched. We'd done half a dozen episodes and we'd spoken to some record producers and a few people. And, and it was, it was quite good. And I said, look, there's this amazing story uh, about, effectively about how Marillion invented crowdfunding. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that I could get the band to take us through it and it'd be perfect for a podcast because it's a perfect podcast story. Um, can I go and wave do it? And of course they were like, yeah, fine, no problem. And so I, I got in touch and I said to H, will you, will you tell me this story? So I rocked up at his house and we set some mics up, um, and we just talked for about an hour mm. and, um, and he and it was the first the first point when I realised how good he is at that kind of stuff, how articulate and how interesting and how and he's got that edge of a raconteur about him. Yeah. And and we did we did this this particular thing and there was a couple of bits in it that were quite funny, and it was a really good story. And I took it back to Shaw and and Shaw pushed it out. And um, in fact, I'll, at some point, if you want it, I'll give you the link to it in case anybody yeah, wants to listen I'm, to it. Because yeah. I don't think many people have heard it. It's almost like a pilot. It, it is. <laughs> it is almost like it's that. It's that version of Porridge where they where they go on the train and it looks yes. totally different. So the, <laughs> yeah. theme, the theme yeah. tune's not in place, and and the characters are going to change a little bit. But it's it's nearly there. Yeah. Um, and so we did that, and uh, and on the back of that, I thought I think podcasting could. Could be something I could I could do because I was looking for some form of creative output. I've always yeah. played guitar. I've always written songs, both of which very badly. I set myself these challenges to oh I'll record an album. Never done it. It's not, it's not and it's not going to happen because um, I, my life's too my life's I'm not saying my life's too good, but I've I've not got enough in my life really to to you know apart from bang on about Brexit, which wouldn't make for a good album. Right. I, I, I I haven't got enough. You know, heartache going in my life to really be a particularly good songwriter. Yeah, and I haven't I got anybody here to jam with, so I can't do it the Marillion way. So, um, so I thought, well, but I quite like a creative output of some of some descriptions, and I haven't got the patience to write. And this seemed to this seemed to work. So, um, I'd, I'd been thinking about the whole concept of a of a of a podcast, and then my time at Shaw 
came to a came to an end. Um, and I got the opportunity. I got the opportunity to walk away from from Shaw at a point in time when I'd kind of had enough. I'd done fourteen years. The direction of the company was very different from where it had been a couple of years earlier. And I was. It was. I kind of and it, and it meant a lot of time away from home. I was away from home about 120, 130 nights a year, Ouch. and I'd, I'd, I'd had enough. So they and and so what I managed to fall out with some of the the, the, the um, I had fallouts a bit harsh, but we ended we were going in different directions, and 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 I was I think I was the guy that was a bit of a thorn in the side really because I didn't want to do what globally they kind of wanted to do anymore. So that one day they just came to me and they just slid a piece of paper over the desk and it, and and it had a, it had a fairly chunky number written on the bottom. So I was like, nice. no, I have that. <laughs> yeah, I, nice. I'm having that. So. Uh, and and then it was like, well, what am I going? To, well, you know, what am I going to do now? And I'd I'd been thinking the podcast thing for a while, so I just spoke to a few people I know and said, look, what what do you, what do you think about the idea of maybe we me helping you on a podcast? And I spoke to three different people. Um, first one was a very good friend of mine uh, called Deborah Ogden. Our sons are, are best friends, and she has uh, her business is about personal brand. So she talks to individuals about their personal brand, particularly if they're individuals who either work in key positions or work for large corporates with a very definite brand, because it's very easy to lose yourself in that environment. So she works with people just sort of helping to maintain and and promote their personal identity if they're in spaces where they're in you know i say within a strong corporate identity or a strong branded identity mm-hmm. so we talked about one and she wanted to but i know i had no idea how to start and i've been dabbling with recording and things for years so i thought well i can probably do the audio side of it so and what what came out of doing that one with Deborah was I quite enjoyed the creative side as well. We managed to find a format that worked and we got something that was, you know, was successful and she's just finished her second season. And at the same time, I spoke to a friend of mine called Jason Hunt, who is, um, who does this thing called um, The Guitar Show, which is in Birmingham in February. Right, yep. And I've known Jason for years because he's always run events. And... Um, and I said to him, well, you know, I think you need a podcast because you've got a single point event in the year and you've got a load of, in the in the two months before and the two weeks afterwards, you've got a load of people engage with you, but they don't engage with you for the other 10 months. So what can we do to put content out there? And you've got a load of guests who come to your show and there's loads of people who've done the show in, in previous years. Why don't we try and do something? So his his podcast is a mix of artist conversations with guitar players and it's a mix of people who make guitars and make guitar amps and make pedals and all that kind of thing so it's very plugged into the guitar community and we've had brothers on there and we've had i mean this week's is ginger wildheart which was fantastic he's he's amazing oh yeah but we've had people like glenn matlock on there who was the original bassist in the ian the sex pistols we've had earl slick on there who was david bowie's you know guitarist we've had some absolutely fantastic people on the on the on the podcast wow. members of kiss and other other things that have you know other people that have um that have come along so um that one that one got up and running um at the same time i thought well i kind of need one of i kind of need one of my own um because if you're going to start a business doing this you kind of you need to have something that you can stand up and say, well, this is one example and this is one that I do. Um, yeah, proof of concept. And around around January time, um, I normally used to go to a, tra- a big trade show in the US called NAM, which was a huge music instrument trade fair. It's incredible, absolutely fantastic. The building, mm. it's in a place called Anaheim and the building's just astonishing. And it's just, it, they do, it's the kind of shit that only the Yanks do. 
Right. Because it yeah, was big and it was brash and you used to get artists there and it was huge and it was noisy and they have a way of of, of selling themselves that, that hardly anybody else has. Yeah, and that's the case. Um, and and I use and he, and I went. I'd been for about thirteen, fourteen years out of out of sort of sixteen, so or fifteen. Um, and so um, we got to this week, and this is this would be two thousand and uh, two thousand and twenty. We got to this mm. week, and where I was due to go, second week of January, and. I knew that my timeline was going to be, um, you know, all my social media timeline that week was going to be full of people at NAMM. And I loved being there. I loved being in California in January. I loved being with around the people in the industry because our industry is really, really, uh, really about, re- really is about the people. It's a very social industry. Yeah. And, and, and it happened to coincide with a point where I picked up an injury so I couldn't run. And whilst I'm not, I don't look like a runner, I enjoy running because I find it a great head clear. Mm-hmm. And so, and and, the, and because it was, you know, as dark as it could possibly be, because we're talking January. Yeah. And everybody was leaving the house in the morning. So my wife's going to work, the kids are going to school. And suddenly my world felt very small. Mm. And, and I, and I, I had one of those mo- those weeks where I, you know, I struggled. I, I, and, and I thought, right, well, what do I do here? And I was having conversations with myself in my head and I thought, well, why don't I just say this out loud? Why don't I just say all of this out loud? Because whatever happens, there will be an error, an element of it being therapeutic. So I sat down with a microphone and I just, I just, and I came up with this idea that, well, look, if I capture a few minutes of audio every day um, about whatever's going on in my head, and then just put it out there, and that'll help me. It'll help me deal with it. And if people want to listen, fine. If they don't, that's fine too. But some things might chime with other people. You don't know. Yeah. So, and I came up with the whole con, the whole format came together in an afternoon. Um, you know, I did the I I did the incidental music, so I did the guitar um, for it myself. I created the artwork myself, which is why the artwork looks shocking. But I'm not. I'm going with it. I've, re- I've revised it actually. The first lot was awful, and the second lot's slightly better. But I'm going with it because it's mine. This is yeah, this is yeah, mine. Whatever you, you like it a lot. It's me, yeah. and um, and the first two or three are quite. The first two or three are quite dark. Um, well, I have noticed this that yeah, it, it, and I like that about it. It sort of veers from being quite so soul searching at times to it's, you're just talking about what's in the news. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it can be anything. It can, it, yeah. it can be anything. It can be it can be literally random. Some weeks it can be quite dark. Some weeks it can just be stupid. Um, but it's it's the it's that thing of. It does me good to capture, and I normally end up with about eight or ten things, and then I whittle them down to four, four or five. Yeah. Um, and and so that that came about, and that remains exactly what it says on the tin. It is it is therapy for me. It is exactly what you know. There's nothing clever about the name. It is exactly. It was trying to describe what best was because I mean I don't talk about that as a podcast. I talk about that as a, as an audio curiosity because I don't really know what it is. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, I really like that it's in quite bite-sized chunks. Yes, um, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It's just like, oh, here's what's on the top of my head or in my heart, and there you go. You can, yeah, and, you know, and get an insight. And I, and I start with, I start with literally a line for each topic. So it's not like I do a lot. I don't do any research. I mean, you can tell it in research if you listen to it. You probably pick holes in it. But the other thing is, it's recorded. In about the same amount of time it takes to listen to it, yeah. 
So invariably, it's all single take, and invariably, I think if I do the six sections with the intro, and I guess on most weeks I might have to start one of the sections again, maybe once. So I might have seven or eight stabs to do six takes, if that yep. makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, and invariably, if I start again, I start again in the first 30 seconds because it's not flowing. Once I'm in a flow, I'm fine. I don't, I, yeah. you know, if I got three minutes into a four minute section, I wouldn't stop and I just go through it. So there's odd coughs and bits and pieces in there and there's pauses and what have you, but that's fine because that's how, you know, that's me talking. But the yeah. other thing is it was meant to be, it was meant to be that length because I didn't want voice fatigue to kick in. Yeah. Um, because on a single voice podcast, trying to listen to a single voice for an hour, I imagine is quite difficult. So uh, I think I, I kind of took the rule of kind of twenty two and a half minutes is my goal is my golden rule, and that came from the fact that that's what football commentators do. Oh right! So you, nice. on the big football matches, they you might remember they used to swap commentator after halfway through each half. Mm. So you'd have one pundit and two commentators, and they'd swap for the very reason of voice fatigue. Right. Right. And, and so I I thought well half a football half is twenty two and a half minutes. So if I aim for about that length, that that. Yeah, and that's the, that's the only evidence I got. I mean, ridiculous to even begin to say that's the reason, because that is so vaguely scientific to mean that it's completely unscientific. But I love that. I've never considered that before. But it's why so many podcasts work. Why you kind of fit, it feels you need two people. Yeah. Um, and I've never never considered that. So that's um, that. I I I think we can write that up in a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works. I think for it'd me be nice. A, I think yeah, it's scientific enough. <laughs> scientific enough. There we go. Which is which is which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, I could bang on about the number of decisions that have been taken at the moment that are just scientific enough. So I can probably take a bit of credit as well. The problem is, it puts me in the same space as Matt Hancock, which is a space I really don't want to be. But anyway, we'll, oh, yes. we'll leave a that. Man, who's definitely scientific enough. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so where, how do you go then to H from doing that to H? Yeah. What's the what was that jump? So he rang me. Uh, I was in Sainsbury's. And he rang me and said, I need some help with some earphones. And I said, fine, I can I can help you with that because she used to do do earphones. I said, I can help you with earphones. That's not a problem. Um, however, I'm not at sure anymore. But I've still got, you know, we've left on good terms. I'm, I've still got enough favours. I can help you with this. Right. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm... I'm I, you know, I'm think I'm starting this little podcast thing. I'm, you know, I'm in the process of doing that together. At which point, I chanced my arm and said, "Do you think it's something that um, the band would be interested in?" And he said, "I'm not sure about the band. That might logistically be difficult um, to get everybody, um, you know, to 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 coalesce around a single thing. But I'd be really interested." Um, is it something that that we should talk about? And so we, I said yes, let's do that. And we had another we had another conversation, and we talked then about you know I took him through well this is how you do it and this is where you publicise it and he's been very open about this. I mean he came along and said right okay and 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 will it make money? And I said well. Yeah, theoretically, it will certainly cover its own costs, and it will make a little bit of a little bit of profit at the yeah. at the other end. And there's a there's a route to doing. There was two routes to doing that. I mean, one is advertising, and the other one is is crowd support. And so we went through all the kind of 
the, the the technicalities of it and i said well look i've had a little bit of experience with with patreon and i've had a little bit and i've i've, I've already published podcasts anyway so i've had some experience with using this platform called captivate and uh, and I actually know the guy who runs Captivate very well, which is why I, I continue to use Captivate. He's a he's a, he's a great fella, uh-huh. and um, and we then started roughly talking about well, what would how would we do it? What would the format be? And he'd always wanted to do something with the diaries. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, and he'd been very honest and said the problem is I I haven't got the patience to sit down and turn them into an audio book. And I sort of said, well, look, we can, you know, we can break it down. You know, we can do that whole go back to Charles Dickens and we can do that whole weekly instalment thing. That would, that would work. That would work fine. That would give us something in the middle as an anchor. And then let's, you know, we got on, when we did the other podcast, we got on well. And obviously having done that, he'd been part of that experience. Um, And, you know, and I said, right, so we've just got to work out what we do next. And he was very, he thought that the diary would be the thing. He thought the diary would would would, would maybe be half or two thirds of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And and what we, we said was, well, let, I said, look, let, I'll come down. I'll bring some mics down. Let's just, let's just set up and let's just see what happens. Because it's the fastest way of working out if there's any mileage to this. Because if we can't, if it, if we don't enjoy doing it, there's no point. Yeah. So I went down, literally, we were starting to talk about lockdown at that point. So, or it was starting to be, how long will I be able to travel? Um, and um, we recorded the first one in GarageBand um, on my Mac. And I took a couple of mics down and um, and we did th- what became the introduction in the first two episodes. And we did them virtually off pat. Right. Um, so the Strange Engine episode, and then the second one, which I think talk, starts to delve into his his musical background, we did totally, totally there and then. Um, and by the time we'd got to the end of the second one, it already there were the there were the hints of what TCD would become because I think TCD really became TCD about maybe about five or six episodes in. Yeah. Um, it went from being something that was quite, that felt okay, but, but still felt a little bit forced maybe, or a little bit like we were just getting our chops sorted out to getting really just, I probably nailing the humor side of it. I think, I think (laughs) it was about four or five episodes before we started getting silly. And I think, I think that then fed into it, but then TCD, it's a bit like therapy for me in that respect, in terms of it swings. It can swing from a moment where it's serious and we can be talking about a quite serious thing. And, you know, Steve's Steve's been close to tears on a number of occasions in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear it, you know. I mean, I obviously know because I'm looking at him on a Zoom screen, but you, you can hear it in his voice. So we've we've had moments of that and then we've gone, yeah. we do a complete 360. But then we can be back. We can We can pivot two or three times in an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think, the joy of it, really. It's almost, I love the diary sessions, but I'm always relieved to kind of come back to you guys at the end because I know <laughs> that it'll, it gives it a nice break. So I think you, you sometimes in the pacing, you'll kind of end prior to the, the diary section on something quite emotional and then yeah. we go to diary and then it's like, okay, whew, exhalation yeah. when, when you come back and wrap up. 
uh, and I love that about it. It's um, it's it's for me. It's all about that back and forth and the banter and the the emotional highs and lows, really, and the silliness. I love the silliness. Yeah, I mean. Would TCD have worked without the pandemic? And that's a really interesting yeah. question because yeah. it it became such an antidote, and 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 you you start with you start with the two of us, um, and it because it's an antidote for both of us, and it was it was an anchor point in the week for both of us, and it was uh, and then it just worked out from there. So that, so yeah. the, the I think maybe. The vibe that we had about it, or or we have about it, and the way it works for us as individuals, just happened to then translate down through everybody that's that's listened to it. Because so so would it have had the same impact? I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter now because it's already had that impact. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so even if we as we move out of the the you know the pandemic uh, uh, and we get back to whatever we get back to, or we go to wherever we're going next. That we've already set the tone's already there. We're already in. Everybody's up and running with it. We, we this is this is Friends or Parks and Recreation or Frasier or whatever series four now because everybody <laughs> knows what they're going to yeah. get and they're already bought into it. There's a you know you hear the theme tune and you 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 already feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the I don't know if we could have established that without those first ten or fifteen episodes in a situation where people needed something anyway. They were desperately looking for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the that, timing was perfect yes, for me. It yes. was it was I think having something like that, I mean I'm sure you hear this a lot from patrons and you know listeners, but it it gave me a yeah, that anchor in that year. Hmm. Um that that I just knew, okay, every week, every Monday or every Friday as it turned out once I signed up, uh, it, it, I, I knew I had that as a, in a year that everything felt so sort of unmoored and floaty, just having something to ground me every mm. week. And, it, you know, we couldn't see friends, so it was like listening to mates. Yeah. It was, yeah, lovely timing. No, it, it, it and, and as with all these things, um, I mean, a lot of people have sort of said, "Well, that you know, you you two must be really good friends for." It. And and actually, no, we 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 knew each other when we chatted, mm. but we but we weren't we weren't great friends in that in that respect. So I think, um, I th- I think what happens is just a happy accident. Um, yeah. I mean, look, H is really generous because he knows I'm I'm gently taking the piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and he's he's fine, you know. He's 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 fine. Well, I'm assuming he's fine with that because we would have stopped ages ago if he wasn't. <laughs> but yeah. but he allows me that that um, that, and I think what that I guess what that demonstrates to a lot of other people is that that's that's the kind of relationship that you can have with him. That yeah. that the, 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 there is no barrier there. And that, um, and that he finds part of his, you know, his world as preposterous as anybody else, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, will do, and that, and he's he's aware of all of that, and you know, and and as I say, I, I think as well, there comes a point when you have a love of a band like Marillion that mm. uh, it doesn't mean that you have license to do that. I don't mean that at all. You you don't have, but I think. 
when you have a, a love of what the band have done, and that's a serious thing, I would defend the band to everybody and will do as much as I can to, to tell the world that I can't believe you're not listening to this because this literally is the greatest thing you'll ever hear. Yeah. You know, and, and we all do that. Um, so that side of it, you know, I, listen, I might get sketchy on odd, on odd dates or odd bits of knowledge and I might not know some things in depth of a lot of other people, but the music's touched me in the same way that it's touched so many other people yeah. and, and the audience. And I think... Um, for a lot of people, maybe it, they would probably look at what you know the, the position I'm in and the, the really fortunate position I'm in, and and go, well, you know that could, that could easily have been me. That that mm. could, you know, because that's the kind of chat I want to have with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's I love how this is going to sound weird, but I love how human he is. But he's he's. He's very different to how I expected, and it feels like I've kind of been given a, a greater insight into the guy that wrote all these lyrics that mm. have meant so much to me. But I love how down to earth he is, while also still somehow keeping one foot in the other. If you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> still slightly other. He, he he doesn't, and I don't know whether that's your influence in sort of keeping the show grounded, and but also allowing him license to be H. Um, but it works, and I feel after listening to Corona Dies, I feel so kind of protective of him. I almost want to kind of give him yeah. a hug. There's most episodes I want to give him a hug and go, "It's okay." Yeah, I, I and and I feel ex- I feel exactly the same thing. Um, and I the bit the bit that's special, the bit that will always be special. I mean, look, f- forget the fact that he's got an incredible voice. Yeah. Um, forget the fact that he's a, he's a truly great frontman. Um, the bit that to me that's is is how much he feels about yes. and, and and when you look at the lyrics and how he's able to articulate those things and articulate the the uh, you know emotions that that we all feel in a way that we wish we could articulate be- yeah. because he he just continues to nail it and nail it and nail it and nail it. And that that's that is something really special. That doesn't come along very often, and that is something that we think about the true greats when we think about that. So you would yeah. you would look at that lyrically, and you might say, "Well, that's a Dylan thing, or that's an X thing, or that's a Y thing." I've got Dylan in my head because obviously it was his eighties birthday, yeah, yeah. birthday <laughs> this week. But and so you you that that has to be protected. Yes. And and that's the bit that that we can't ever forget and that's the bit that really is it really is precious. But he's he's so funny and he's yeah. so playful and he's got such a, a a you know a wicked sense of humor and such a glint in his eye when he says things. Um and he is you know we are the two of us are just i mean we just we're juvenile i mean there's no other way of yeah. looking at it we are we you know we descend into in into being you know into being quite juvenile but uh, you and and i think the thing is is trying to keep to keep all of that and keep the playful side and the fact that you you know you can't take it too seriously because it's impossible and he, and he can't take his life too, too seriously because that really would be quite that would be quite dangerous but then at the same time respect this thing there that's really really unique and special yeah um and and you know and and delve into it when we can 
and get some understanding of it uh, when we can. Um, but also enjoy all the preposterous things that goes with what he does for a living. So how is it for you, though, knowing how or having this relationship with Meridian as, you know, special and H being such a unique and special frontman and lyricist and being just being a fan of the band? How is that, though, for you to have this kind of weekly access with someone that you once... I guess looked up to. Mm. Oh yeah, still do. Yeah, is is that not is there not a fear? I suppose here's where it comes from. Because years ago, because my day job's a writer, years ago I, I was a huge EastEnders fan. I got to work on EastEnders, and I never watched the show again afterwards because I had such a horrific experience. Mm. Did you ever worry that having that sort of closeness with him might ruin things for you? You know, that's a really that's a really interesting question. Um, and maybe, I mean, I'm fairly good at compart, compart, oh, I can't even say it now. Mentalizing? Compartmentalizing things. There we go. So I think there's an element of, of, of the fact that I, um, you, you end up looking at it a little bit as, look, there's a purity to it. There's a purity to TCD that I think we both really like and I think we're both really proud of. But at the same time, there's an element of we've also, you know, got to be professional because it's also a product at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the one of the things about podcasting is podcasting, uh, the frequency of podcasting is part of what makes podcasting great. I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons why podcasts are amazing. I mean, one is, one is it, it's regularity. Um, and the other thing is its accessibility. So, so yeah. in terms of you can take, I mean, I I listen to every TCD before it goes out and I go and I walk on the hills and I do whatever when I'm listening. So I take it away with me and it's just something I do and I really enjoy the hour or so I listen to it before it goes out. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it. You can take a podcast and it can be the soundtrack to whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, which means that, and this is maybe where the episodes fall into different bits. So there's there's the things that, you know, that come out that are important to talk about that help explain. Um, and then there's the fact that also this thing is also entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And I think because we're working hard to ensure that the product stays strong and doesn't go stale and is something that people still you know, are reacting to and enjoying. That's where the professional side of it for both of us kicks in. Uh, yeah. And I think we've proved we've proved both. I mean, you can you can talk about odd mistakes and this, that, and the other in terms of it might go out half an hour late or what have you or something. But in terms of actual, is it a well-put-together, accessible product? Is it entertaining? Is it the kind of thing that if it was put out by somebody, you know, if... if, if if it was put, if let's for argument, so let's say Gary Lineker put something out with, you know, as he did do, recorded in his kitchen. Does this yeah. sit along that in, <laughs> side of that in terms of actual quality, in terms of how it's put together, how it's paced, how accessible it is, all those mm. kind of things? Does it does it measure up? And I think in a lot of instances, it absolutely does. So I think that we're very proud of that. That, that it sits there as something that has been high in the various charts at different points mm. in time and, 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 and is something that, you know, is something that really that really works. Uh, and I think because of that and because of that we work hard on the product in that respect but also know that 
it's it's also an escape for people and what have you that it hasn't affected the rest of the band thing for me right because right. um there's an element of when we work together we're working together on a on a kind of kind of an equal footing if I, and I, I, I don't mean it in terms of his achievements versus what I've done I mean in terms of two people professionally putting a product together yeah then 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 we've got a kind of working relationship you know in the same way if he went and did something with Richard Barbieri or what ha, what have you yeah we've got you know and it's a very uh, and, and unlike the Marillion way of working which we talk about a lot this is something where every week <laughs> we, we achieve something. You yeah, know, we start yeah. with the start of the week. We've got nothing. By the end of the week, we've got a podcast. That's a lovely way of thinking about it. That's great. Um, and so that, therefore, it doesn't impact on the, the you know, on on the other the other part of it. Um, mm. And I think the thing for me with Marillion, if anything was going to peel away Marillion, it would have been getting to know Marillion behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because as and you'll know this yourself, what you see on screen is different to what you work on. And when you go and work on something, you realise that in a lot of circumstances, it's held together by chewing gum and gaffer tape. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I don't think that's any different wherever you go. And so um, if anything was going to undermine the magic, it would have been seeing the arse end of it. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why. Uh, the, the best analogy I've got for this is if you if you drive around Disney any of the Disney parks, I've only driven around two, but if you drive around any of the Disney parks, they maintain the illusion of Disney all the way around. Yeah. You don't yeah. ever see the inner workings of Disney. No. You it, So nothing dispels the magic. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And that's unusual because in most circumstances, you do see the back of it and it does dispel the magic it's like yeah. understanding how the trick's done it's going to affect it i think if anything was going to affect my love of merlion it would have been seeing more of the back of it because at the end of the day it's a production and as i said front to the back totally different yeah. and that didn't do that for me i would go right, and chat right. to the band you know before they went on stage and see what was going on as somebody was wandering around trying to find something and somebody else's you know, trying to get something to eat and somebody else is coming to see Rich because they've they've lost X, Y and Z or they've got no idea how to do this, Y and the other. You know, and, and Frenchie's incredible because you, you, Frenchie backstage, it's like you you that whole line that H has used a few times about the, the five of them being in an old people's home, you look at Frenchie <laughs> at times and he, he can, he, it's, it's written all over his face. It's like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I looking after this group of... I mean, how do they function... Yeah, and, and but I, that comes across in the podcast. Yes, and I love that because yeah. they do have this sort of air of sort of slightly eccentric uncles. Oh about yeah, them. yeah, it, yeah. Eccentricity and vulnerability are the two things that yes. that, that, that come across. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done it. I've I've been on. I've organised trips to take guests to 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 you know to various places around Europe and got mm. a group of people who run their own businesses. Very very very. You know, together people run their own businesses. You take them away for a few days. And the next thing is, I've lost my toothbrush. Where can I get... And I'm like, you, you're running a 30 million quid business and, you've, and you're asking me where to get a toothbrush from. But whatever happens, when you take, when you say, well, look, I'm in charge and I'm taking care of you, they just, yeah. they just crumble. 
Yeah. And, and you know, and there was a there was a bit of that when I first started to see Marillion behind the scenes. So if I think if anything was going to to get very long winded answer to your question, if anything was going to pull it apart, it probably would have been that. And yet yeah. I would go yeah. out front. And I'd still be mesmerised in the way I was always mesmerised. And then yeah. I'd go back and I'd see it for what it was. And because the other thing is, when you when when you get when you're backstage with a you know with a band a lot, they they'll always ask you what you thought. They yeah. all they're yeah. really interested to know what it was like out front because I yeah. I don't I think there's still that little. No, it's not insecurity, but they're just desperate to know that it's still okay and that you enjoyed it and was the sound all right and how did it go yeah. down and this, that and the other. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I used to work at Wembley Stadium and, and the arena and, you know, I used to wander backstage and there's still somehow always a, even though, I don't know, you know, I saw Queen and David Bowie doing stuff and sound checking, but once those lights come on, once that sound is on, once that the energy of the audience is there, there's there's a separation. They mm. they become elevated into yes. something else. You know, I always remember seeing uh, Neil Neil Diamond of all people shuffle on stage for a sound check in cardigan and glasses and a pair of slippers, literally a cardigan and a pair of slippers, and do his sound check, and you just thought, oh my god, and then you know. Two hours later, Oni walks with a silvery jacket, and it's like yeah. he's like he's a god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, and I totally. Do you know what? I the way you've just described it is perfect. They go on stage and they become what my idea of Marillion is. Yeah, they. Yeah. The, you know the 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 constituent parts at that point d- d- fade away, and they become my band. And, yeah. and everybody else's yeah. band, um, you know, and uh, and yet two seconds later, you know, or or or, or ten minutes before when they get off stage, um, they then go back to being the people that they that they are, and all those yeah. you know those individual personalities appear, but for that moment they 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 just are this thing, and I think that's I think that's quite astonishing, and I think all the great bands have it all the great performers yeah. have it um you know there's it's a magic the, really isn't it yeah i mean look would i would i like would i like to sit next to keith richards and listen to him play guitar well i mean yes of course i would but in reality i want keith richards on stage about 19 yes. foot tall playing the opening <laughs> calls to start me up i don't want him sat next to me yeah. you know and me realizing yeah. that in reality he, he you know he's, he's no better or worse than than most of the musicians i know yeah, yeah I, you know, I only want him as I only want him as there was a line in the first review. I think they around about the Steel Wheels tour, about eighty five, eighty six, wherever it was, when they did the first thing on IMAX. I went to see the very first movie the Stones did. They made one of the first commercial movies on IMAX, oh, right. and I, I read a review. I'm sitting in Bradford, and I read a review, and he and the review just said, "Look, this is just what you want. You walk yeah. in." To this, you, you sit at this screen where you can't take in the entire screen because it's just too big, and a, and a sixty foot Keith Richards walks out and hits <laughs> and, and hits, you know, and that's what I want. I want Keith Richards to be sixty foot tall with yeah, that guitar a, slung around his neck. Yeah. You know, there's a movie in that, the Attack of the Sixty Foot Tall well, yeah, Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> and I think I know who's going to write it. But, <laughs> but, but that's what you want, and that's what that's what we get. That's exactly yeah. what we get. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I was, 
I was at I was at Racket once and uh, I was chatting to Rothers and we were talking about solos and I sort of said the same thing that everybody who's a fan of the band said, which is my favourite solo used to be Easter and now it's that section in this strange engine, which yeah. is probably the same as every other Meridian <laughs> fan. And he's probably heard it a thousand times. And he just he just sat there and he played that section of that solo oh. for me. And I'm just and I'm sat three foot from him and he picks up guitar and he plays this. And you know what? It was brilliant. And it just and I I was still like, how the hell do you do that with the way you yeah. do those hammer ons? You your strength in your fingers must be incredible. I got chills you just saying that then. <laughs> I genuinely got like a little prickle up my spine. And and it, uh. and it was phenomenal. But do you know what? It wasn't the same as when they're all on stage of and course, it's all yeah. happening and he does it. And then that moment at the end when he finishes that, which is now the moment it's, it used to be the end of Easter where the band used to, sorry, where the, the crowd would always applaud Rothers. It was yeah. always the end of the Easter solo. And now it's always the end of the um, that section in Strange Engine. That's where the crowd will yeah. nod yeah. to Rothers. Yeah. And it's as, as good as it was to have him do it four feet away. It, it's still, it's not the same. So, so I've got, you know, I've got my, I've got my Marillion on stage, and I've got the bunch of people that I've kind of got to know. Yeah. And and yeah. and they're just two different things. Um yeah. Which I guess is, I guess is the, as I say, really long way of asking, of answering your question. Well, you answered it very well. Thank you. Oh, very kind. <laughs> um, I'm conscious of keeping you too long, and um, but I'm, there are a couple of things that I'm desperate to ask Oh, bang you. away, bang away. Um, Lucy, yes. how does she react to the podcast? Because I know H can be uh, indiscreet at times. Is there, <laughs> does she ever kind of, or do you ever have to clear stuff with her? No. Do you? No, we, there's, there's odd bits we've not put in. We're conscious about things that um, we we're conscious about things that aren't common knowledge. Um, yeah. We don't we don't uh, we've never been policed by anybody other than ourselves, uh, and we talk about odd things as we as we go along. Um, she had a tiny bit of a wobble when we did the first live thing. So when we did the couch convention one, yeah, because yeah. he mentioned something about taking something i don't know whether it was it was uh ecstasy or whatever oh, it was he yeah, mentioned something about that. taking that mm. she had a slight wobble about that and then she and she texted over and said i don't know if that can go out as part of the recording and then she then mm. she came back two seconds later and went no leave it it was really funny so <laughs> okay. um I, I, I there's very there's I, to the point of nothing at all and she's really yeah, really yeah. supportive i mean she was really helpful um getting Ian on the on the podcast because we had a nightmare that day trying to get Zoom to work because Zoom had oh, changed its processes and suddenly wouldn't handshake with Facebook and all manner of things. And she ended up having helping with that. She was hugely helpful with the Oxford Lime stream with obviously me yeah. being part of that. Uh and and you know I messaged Lucy and she comes back two seconds later and I think the other thing is I'll say, well look, can I have access to this and this and you know, I mean I've been I mean the I, I think I, I think I've currently still got full access to the Facebook page for H and for the band. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And and which of course scares me at almost the point where I don't go on Facebook in case I yeah. inadvertently do I something. I having the nuclear football. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was that kind of thing. But I think, do you know what? I think that that probably you know being around and about, being in the mix, knowing people, you, you know, you do stuff. You you I think. I think when they understand, everybody understands, it means as much to you as it does to everybody else. 
yeah. then yeah. then that's not that's not a major issue. And Lu- Lucy's Lucy's great, and she's got a wicked yeah. sense of humour as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know. And I think at some point, I'd love to get Lucy on the podcast at some point just for a bit of sparring with H, because I know, I know she must have a nightmare with him yeah. in terms of because because it, it is yeah. like it is like herding cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to give any secrets. I mean, look, we never start on time. We're not far right. out, but we never start on time. We never, you know, um, and and I can only begin to imagine trying to, you know, and this is something he enjoys doing. So I can only <laughs> begin to imagine. Oh you know, dear, I mean, I'm amazed you've you've managed to keep this up week in week out for I don't know fifty odd episodes yeah. now, aren't you? Yeah, it's, well. Uh, so here's the thing there's there's two there's two things one are we going to have enough to talk about well we've not hit a wall so far we have an occasional blip episode and then we it's like we'll be we'll talk and go well is that the beginning of it is that the beginning of us as repeating ourselves is this the beginning Mm. of and then next week it's back where it was and 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 the the strange things i mean 50 the one that's um the one that's just gone out 56 We thought that was a little bit all over the place in terms of we have tech issues, we, you know, and yet the response to the episode has been phenomenal. But you're playing to a home crowd now. Well, You've absolutely. all got your back. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think we just, as much as anything, I mean, I you know, I thought the episode was great, you know, as great as they all are, but I think even if we just want to hear it each week. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean you could just put out any old rubbish, no. of course, but I think the quality is always sufficiently high that as much as anything, it's just become part of our routine. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and that, and that talks to, you know, the regularity of it, but, yeah. um, but, but no, it's, it's, um, it, we, I don't, I don't see it ending anytime soon. We've got plenty of diary to go. He's yeah. enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Let's wait and see what happens when um, when he, his working life gets in the way. Yeah. yeah. And that's, well, I guess tours and the like yes. are going to be a challenge. Uh, but saying that, you know, we, we, we're 200 miles apart when we record week in, week out. That could be yeah. 2,000. It wouldn't really make any difference. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I do think... He, he he appears on screen beaming every single right. time. Yeah. And we just it's it is for both of us it's we right. There's nothing I think the audience when I think everybody knows this, we're laughing at it. We're yeah. having a good time. Yeah. We we find it funny. Um, you know, we giggle a lot before we put the, the, the red light goes on and we giggle a lot when the red light goes off. Yeah. And while ever that goes on, I can't. I can't see any reason why you would why you would stop. Particularly bearing in mind, we are not dropping off in terms of the people listening to it, and in terms, you know, there's, there's still new patrons coming through all the time. Okay. You know, it, it, it's 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 not dropping, and I think that's, that's the other thing. If we started to see a slide, that'd be another conversation. We've not had to have that conversation yet. Yeah, that's good to know. Well. It- in that case, I have one last question that I need to ask, as this has become part of... This is purely personal, this. Yes. This is something that... And it, it It's my only bugbear with the podcast. I... What do you say at the beginning during the titles? <laughs> I know it... <laughs> I know it's like about the university in New Hampshire. Lounge pants. Oh, I have a pair of yes! University of New Hampshire <laughs> lounge pants. And there we are. 
So he loves these gold blimey trousers. And and to be fair, there's there's nothing made up in that. You go right. around to his house, that's what he's wearing. Brilliant. Every single time. And he had a he had a sure fleece as well that he's been photographed in a number of times that I gave him years ago that still appears. I mean, this thing must be falling apart. I gave it to him <laughs> oh eight, seven, eight years ago. It's got access to all areas. It's he, he, originally it was black. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a dull grey now. But it was yeah. uh, it's got access all areas written in a square on one so on, on on one side. So you will see this. So he's yeah. always in those. And I appeared for the first one. And that was what I said. I'm going to wear my universe. Next time I'll wear them. And I did. I wore them for the couch convention episode. I did have right. my University of New Hampshire lounge <laughs> pants on. So the one fo- there's only one photo of the two of us together. Oh, really? And that is the one <laughs> that Lynetta took. Um, and I'm looking out the window and he's reading um, um, Keats, I think. He's reading right. a book. Right. He, we've both got a glass of scotch on the go. Fire's in the background. It's just before we went live uh, on that couch convention episode. And that's the only photograph in existence of the two of us together. And, uh, and, and and we've both got... I've got my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on and he's got he's got a pair of gold blimeys on. And uh, and I just call... He calls them gold blimeys and I call them lounge pants and that's that's just what it is. So, yeah, that, that was where it came from. Wow. And that so was that's... staged. That whole thing, we did stage that because I heard the bell when I, I walked in his kitchen the very first time round and we did and we did stage that little intro. Nice. Um, you know. Well, that, that has put to bed um, all kinds of theories I've had <laughs> about what it was. You were saying, lounge pants, and now I can't. Yeah, of course it is. You know, you know <laughs> there's, a, there's a point. There's a, there's a few great examples of this. My favourite example is um, is Carly Simon, You're So Vain. Yeah. If you, play, if you play that song to anybody and ask them who's singing backing vocals, they won't be able to tell you. Right, right. When you tell them it's Mick Jagger, they won't be able to hear anything else. Oh, what? I see. I even I didn't know that. Oh God. Well, that's that. And I'll give you another one. <laughs> I've got quite a few of these, but I'll give you one more. Rocky Horror, Time Warp. There's a very high bit in the chorus of somebody doing a backing vocal, and when when I, now I tell you that it's Meatloaf, you will go and listen to that, and then the only thing you'll oh, be able to hear in that in that backing. <laughs> vocal will be meatloaf doing this slight counter melody in the chorus of, of time warp and it's just one of those things so now now i've now i've said lounge pants you're not going to hear anything else no no there we go I, well i know what i'm doing as soon as we uh finish this i'm going to go and listen to the intro again to this week's episode uh, and it'll be like a balm to my ears so i'm like I, i've even rewound it a few times and kind of gone no what is it you should so just ping uh, me a message well I got you on the podcast. <laughs> that was better. Uh, well, brilliant. Thank you. And that was um, an absolute pleasure. Oh, no, uh, thank you. A lot of fun. Th- thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So that was a good interview, wasn't it, Sonia? Most excellent. It was great because I didn't have to say much. <laughs> They're the best yeah. kind. The benefit of having another podcast host on the podcast is yes. is they know how to fill air. Yes. Fill air, oh fish. <laughs> <laughs> fill air, oh H. I've never seen like anyone that? that makes themselves laugh as much as you do. Like, <laughs> you hadn't even finished the sentence and you were, like, giggling. Yes. It's lovely. It was a massive treat having Ant on. And 
I'm kind of gutted that I didn't keep recording after we'd sort of finished because we chatted for about another 15 minutes afterwards about our favourite Marillion songs and stuff. Oh. And it was, it was lovely because obviously his role on the Corona Diaries is, uh, we, we all know he's a fan, but he's sat, sat there, sat there at the other end of a Zoom call with H. And I guess it must be awkward to, to have to rein in how much you want to sort of gush and kind of say how much you love Marillion. And what I can tell you is that he, God, he really loves Marillion. And that Aww. became very apparent once we'd finished the interview. Um, so yeah, it was lovely having him on. It's really weird hearing it back because I'm so used to Ant's voice that, you know, and hearing it every week. You're used to hearing Ant's voice with H, alongside H's voice. Yeah, it's re- and I'm used to hearing my voice because I edit the podcast. So it was really jarring Having the two of was us it a together. bit surreal? Yes, it was, given that uh, Corona Dice has become such a part of my week now. As I said to Anne, it's the only podcast I listen to, I've ever listened to regularly. Oh, wow. Other ones I'll sort of really? dip in. Yeah, dip in and out of, but it's the only one that I will Aww. religiously listen to the second it comes out or second it comes out on Patreon. And you're a patron, so you get the extra episodes as well. Talking of Patreon, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can. Patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo, M-R-B-I-F-F-O. Link's in the description. It's only going to cost you about a dollar or 70p a month. and Or you can pay for a year and you'll get episodes early and... The occasional bonus episode. Yes. If you want to write to us, next week we're going to be having a, a letters episode on This Strange Engine. Uh, but you can write to us about anything. It doesn't have to be about This Strange Engine. You can write to, not about anything, obviously about Marillion a bit. Um, so you can email us, beampod at gmail.com. <laughs> My God. Jesus Christ. Where did that even come from? It'd been burping. Like, who does that? Like, you never burp in real life. Or rarely. It's because I don't talk as much as this Rarely in real life. burps in real life. And you put him on a, in front of a microphone and it's like one of those people that burps the alphabet. I might not leave that bit in. <laughs> Maybe not. Given that, you know, we may have... Uh, some honoured, esteemed guests listening to oh, this yeah. episode. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll bleep out the burp. <laughs> it's a swear word. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so next week, this strange engine letters bag, but this strange engine plus other topics because we've had a few emails that aren't just about this strange engine, I think. And then the week after that, uh, we're gonna talk about kind of the birth of crowdfunding. So you're gonna say the birth of Christ? The birth of Christ, yeah. It's our Easter special. <laughs> in or, or no, we're not in August. June. In June. In June, yeah. It'll be our Easter special talking about the birth of crowdfunding. Our the saviour, Lord of, and saviour. The saviour of many yeah. an artist. Yeah, Jeebus crowdfunding. Uh, <laughs> Um, because it's very relevant, obviously, to Marillion's story. Uh, there's a few other things around that era that I want to talk about. And then the week after that... Radiation. Then we're going to be talking about radiation. So if you want to get listening to that now. Right. Okay, boys and girls and everyone else, we are going to go. And See we'll you later. catch you next week for our letters bag. And thank you again to Aunt Short. Um, who has already told me he's going to get me on Corona Diaries soon. 
Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. He hasn't. Of oh. course, yeah. Why would I? <laughs> I just wanted okay. to see your face. You can't leave that in. <laughs> that's brilliant. You were so, you so believed me. Why wouldn't I? Why would I go? Why would he try to have me on? It's, it's, you know, I'm not Dave Gregory or Dave Megan or one of the other Daves. I'm. You're a Paul. I'm just me. I'm just some, some You're... bloke. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got a few bathers, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the measure of my worth as a human being. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going. Right. Talk to you next week, everyone. Bye.